I hope the kids have settled and for the rest of you, uh, you got to go get a drink or resettle and here we are again. Isn't it crazy with COVID-19 how disruptive the world has become? And don't get me wrong, before everything with COVID-19, the world was pretty disruptive. If you remember back to the end of last year, it was just back then that we were dealing with the bushfires around Australia. And we have transitioned so quickly from bushfires to the virus and everything, and it just seems like it's messy. And so when we talk about the idea this morning about leaning into hope and about living in peace, it's hard to imagine how can we possibly do that with all the noise that is going on. Well, I want to take just a couple of seconds here to look at some of the words of Jesus and what he has to say in regards to blessing. Because I think that when we look at what it means to actually be blessed or to live as people who are blessed, uh, we can find ways to live in peace and to lean into hope even when our circumstances, they don't allow us to do that. So I want to have a look at Matthew chapter 5. If you've got your Bible there, you can flick on through to that. And we're just going to look at three verses together that help look at the idea about how Jesus reframes what it means to be blessed. So let's just take a little bit of a walk with Jesus. When Jesus was walking around 2,000 years ago, he was talking into a culture where being blessed meant having a good house. It meant having the family. Blessing in terms of, uh, in terms of the Jewish tradition, family was huge. It also meant making sure that you were in good relationship with God and you were good in good relationship with your Jewish neighbor and if you could be with your other neighbors as well. And Jesus walked into this scenario and he looked around and he actually wanted to redefine what it meant to be blessed. Because while it's true that you can be blessed in having a good house, having a good family, having good relationships, he wanted to make sure that they didn't get preoccupied as you had to have that to be blessed. Now, what do I mean when I'm saying this word blessed? When I'm saying it, all I mean is happiness. So when someone is blessed, they are someone who is happy. Now, most of the time when we say that someone's blessed, it's because they have something which makes them happy. So someone has recently upgraded their car, we would say, oh man, you're so blessed, you got a new car. For some of us, we would say, hey, uh, you're blessed because you have a job that you walk into and you don't immediately want to walk out of. But those are circumstantial. Jesus wants to take us from looking at this idea of happiness, this idea of being blessed, and he wants to take us away from circumstantial to leaning on God. Because when we lean on God, then whatever our circumstances are, we are able to find peace and find hope uh, no matter what's happening around us. So this is what Jesus has to say. Uh, Matthew 5 verse 5. Jesus says, You are blessed. When you're content with who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourself proud owners of everything that can't be bought. I think that's so important, to be content with who you are. Can you imagine a man goes and buys a new house, he saves up all of his money, gets the loan approved, goes, buys this new house, walks in, and he's just happy with it all. He can't believe how big the bedrooms are. He can't believe the kitchen. What an amazing kitchen. Look at that backyard. Isn't it incredible with green grass? And he's such a happy uh, person because this new house that he just bought is just so perfect. But then how foolish would it be for him to go to his neighbor 
and to look around and go, huh, their house is a bit bigger, their grass is a little greener, their bedrooms are a bit bigger. That that kitchen, like my kitchen is nice, but they've got like that stainless steel look and finish, which I just don't have. And suddenly this person who just a few moments ago was feeling so blessed, so happy with what he had, looks at another circumstance and feels downtrodden. Like what he has isn't enough. So when it comes to being blessed, Jesus is trying to say it's not about what you have. It's not about what you have as being the be-all and end-all, but you have to be content with what you have. So that's the first thing. Then we go into verse 6, and this is what Jesus says. He says, you're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. What a wonderful phrase, when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. And this is uh, what I think Jesus is getting at here. He's saying, you're blessed, you're happy when you are seeking after God, when you're seeking after God. Can you imagine with me for a second, uh, a a woman rises up in a company, she becomes CEO of this mid-sized company, and she just works and works and works. And then when she comes to the end of her life and faces death, as we all do, uh, she looks around and goes, hmm, I put my work before relationships, before my own happiness, before the key things in life that make life worth living. Wouldn't that be disappointing to be seeking after something other than God? Maybe it could be work. Maybe it could be the uh, ideal lifestyle that you're looking for. We want to make sure that we're living a life that is seeking after what God has for us. So you're blessed when you worked up a good appetite for God, when you've sought after him and not the things that make us happy here and now. So Jesus goes on and he goes on in verse seven. You're blessed when you care. When at the moment of being careful, of being full of care, you find yourselves cared for. And this one here for me, it defines what makes a good friend or those people, you know, those people in your life where you look at them and they just inspire you to be better, to be a better person, they are always people who are filled with care for others. They're filled with care for others. Even if they've got a lot going on in their world, they still go the extra mile. They still give the phone call. They still take time out of their schedule to be with you. They're those sort of people that will happily give even though they seem like they have nothing to give. They're just people who love to care. So those are the three blessings which Jesus wants us to pay attention to this morning. If we want to lean into hope, if we want to live in peace with all the noise that's happening around us, if we lean into these three truths, that we need to be content with who we are, that we need to seek after God, and that we need to care for others, then I believe that we have every hope at leaning into hope and finding peace in a COVID-19 world and even after COVID-19 because the pressures that you and I face, they're not going to go away. We're always going to feel like we can get more while here on earth. We're always going to feel like what we have isn't enough. We're always going to feel like, yeah, sure, we might be able to follow Jesus, but we want to follow something else. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe, maybe it's just your own personal satisfaction and enjoyment. So if you want to live a life which is blessed, a life which actually has happiness in it, 
despite all the noise that is going on around us, then we need to listen to the words that Jesus has there. We need to be content with who we are. We need to seek after God. And we need to actually have genuine care for other people. So as we look to live lives which are blessed, which are happy, which lean into hope and have peace be a part of who we are, I believe the source needs to be God. It needs to be Jesus. Now, I don't know where you are as you're listening to this. I don't know if you're a Jesus follower or if you are still trying to figure out the whole Jesus thing, religion. That's cool. We're just glad you're here and glad that you're a part of our service today. But I really believe that what we put our trust in is what will determine our happiness level. Because you see, much like an aeroplane, an aeroplane can take us to any destination in the world. At the moment, they can't. But in general, they can. An aeroplane can take us to any destination in the world. But the experience that we have when traveling on an aeroplane depends on how much faith we put into it. If I'm a nervous traveler, my journey from here to Sydney is going to be very different to that of a traveler who is confident. It's going to be the same plane, the same destination, the exact same flight. But if I don't have faith in that plane, then I'm going to be a nervous wreck the entire time. The person who has confidence in that plane, they're going to just enjoy the smooth ride. In the same way, what we choose to put our trust into in this life will determine how confident we are and ultimately our experience of it. And I believe that if God is the one that we put our trust in, if Jesus is the one that we put our trust in, then we will find our experience of this life so much more rewarding. And I believe that we can live happily, not because our circumstances are all that they could be, are amazing, are incredible, are the best, but because we know we are loved and we know that the God who created us has a plan for us. We're going to hear from Karen now, who's going to explore a little bit more around how we live lives of hope and filled with peace when God is the source of our blessing. Thanks, Josh. I want to take a little bit of time now to think about some of the practicalities of what we've just been hearing about from Josh. You know, if it's true that leaning into hope and living in peace um, sort of comes down to the fact that we realise that being, um, being blessed is actually a state we live in when we actually trust Jesus, if all of that's true, how do we actually do that? I mean, there's some fine sentiment there for sure, isn't there? But, but how do we actually live like that, especially when it's not easy to do so? You know, how do we live like that when we found ourselves stood down from our work? How do we live in that space when uh, our relationships are crumbling around us? How do we live in that space if we're just fed up and tired of things? Uh, how do we live in that space uh, when our character is unfairly questioned or our health fails? How do we live hope and peace-filled lives based on the fact that we know we are blessed because we trust Jesus, we trust God? How do we live in that place in our everyday lives? Well, I think the answer to that question has to do with this idea of learning to be people who are good legacy makers in our living years. And I, I want to say uh, right up front that I uh, acknowledge Craig, uh, Pastor Craig Groeschel for some of the language that I've got around these three ideas that I want to bring you, three practical ideas about how we can live as, as good legacy makers today um, 
as we live out of that place of, of, of hope and peace because we realise we are blessed simply because of God and our trust and faith in him. Okay, so the first thing, these are three very simple things. The first thing is that we can be people who say what it is that God has for us to say. Now, words really matter. You know, you can uh, read research or articles or talk to any number of counsellors and you may have even been to a counsellor as I have myself and a common question that counsellors will ask their clients is something like, so w when did you uh, hear words of pride or love, perhaps from your parents or, or from your spouse or from someone important in your life? And alarmingly, the research shows us that again and again, people who find themselves sitting in a counsellor's office will often say to a question like that, Actually, I don't think my dad, my mum, my partner, some other significant person in my life really does love me or ever has been proud of me. It's heartbreaking. Words matter. Saying the right thing to the right person at the right time really matters. I know one person who uh, wrote some really good words to the right person about their love and gratitude for this person, their spouse, but they, they put them in a letter and they put the letter aside, they put it in a place where they knew their partner would find the letter after they themselves had died. Heartbreaking. It really matters that we say the right words to the right person at the right time. King Solomon uh, had some good words to say to his son. They're recorded in Proverbs 4 verses 20 to 22. Let me read them to you. King Solomon said to his son, My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to the whole body. Solomon's, Solomon is basically saying to his son, Listen to what I'm going to say to you because it's going to change your life. Listen to what I'm going to say because what I'm going to tell you is the stuff you're going to need to know to, to thrive in your life. And what is it that human beings, Solomon's son, all of us need to know? Well, it has to do with love. It has to do with God's love for us all. It has to do with our love for God and the way God's love for us and ours for him plays out in our relationships with each other. So I guess I was thinking about, well, what does that sound like? Well, I think it sounds like things like this. So mothers and fathers who say to their children, I'm proud of you. I love you. I forgive you. You're kind. I can help you with that. You've got this. It's uh, bosses who say to their employees, thank you for the create, creative, meticulous, a consistent, persistent way you go about your work. It's the colleague who says to another colleague, my goodness, that, that task looks huge. Can I help you with that? It's a neighbour who says, I'm glad that you live next door. Your, um, your wave when I come in and out of my driveway really cheers my heart. The neighbour who says to the other, other neighbour, you know, can I, can I help take that tree down that's causing an issue with the fence? It's communities who say things to, uh, like to their teachers, like, thank you. Thank you for figuring out online learning and teaching our children face to face and trying to figure out what to do with your own children so that you can care for ours. It's patients who say to doctors, thank you for keeping up with the latest trends in, in medical advancement so that you can give us good care. 
And somehow doing this, this first thing, speaking the right words to the right people at the right time, it, it does something else that King Solomon went on to say to his boy. It helps guard our hearts above all else because how our hearts are guarded determines the course of our lives. So that's the first thing. Say what God has for you to say. Say the right thing to the right people at the right time. I've got two more. I'll be a little briefer with both of these. The second one is do what God has sent you to do. There's a, a verse in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. There are words of Paul that have been recorded there. And he says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news of the wonderful grace of God. Finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, doing what God has sent you to do. So what is that for you? What is that for us as a church family? What are your unfinished tasks? What are mine? What are our unfinished tasks? I say tasks because it's possibly more than one, and I'm sure that these tasks change from season to season. Um, but, but what are they? Maybe for some of us, it's something quite big. Perhaps for some of us, we realize that the thing that we do with the bulk of our time, maybe paid work or volunteer time or whatever it is we do with the bulk of our time is, is something that's okay. Maybe it's a way of putting food on the table, but it's not necessarily the thing we are wired for and called to and passionate about. You can't always have that 100% of the time, I know, but completing your unfinished work, is that going to require a big change in your life? For some of us, perhaps completing our unfinished tasks, doing the things that God has sent us to do, is going to mean something in a relational sphere. Maybe it's going to mean working at mending some relationships, maybe establishing relationships with people in our street or in our workplace or uh, in our neighbourhood in some way or other. Maybe our unfinished task has to do with addressing issues of injustice in our own community or further afield. But that's the second thing. The second way I think that we can be legacy makers, living hope and peace-filled lives because we know we are blessed because of God, because we trust God. We can do what God has sent us to do. So the first thing, do what God has for us to say. Say the right thing to the right people at the right time. And the second thing, do what God has sent us to do. And then there's one more, and that is to live the way God asks, invites, encourages us to live. Now, if you're not sure about what that is, well, the Bible is full of stories that explain that to us in many, many different ways. Here's a few examples. You know, it means being patient and kind even when we feel fed up and frustrated. It means not being jealous when things go well for others. It means not being proud. You know, when we get proud, we often build walls because there's things that we don't want other people to see, things that shame us. So it means not building the walls that go along with being uh, proud people. It also means uh, choosing not to be rude or excuse our rudeness as tiredness or stress or just the way we are made. Same with our angry feelings. You, you can't stop angry feelings coming, but we can all take charge of how we respond out of that place. So there's a whole pile of things. You can read about them in many stories in the Bible, but, but in a nutshell, the way that God wants us to live is in good relationship with him and with each other. And that means knocking down walls and building bridges. 
That means being in active relationship with the people in our lives, in our workplaces, in our communities, so that we can, in being with them, reflect God's life-changing love in the way that we are with God, in the way that we are with people. It means really living out of our convictions about what makes for a good life, rather than out of our preferences, which sometimes well up inside us, especially when we're tired and stressed. It means choosing to live out of our convictions about what makes for a good life. So, how are you going with that? How do we live hope-filled and peace-filled lives? Because we understand that being blessed is a state that we are in when we trust God. Well, I think we do it in those three simple ways, probably a whole pile other things we could do, but three things we can practice. We can be people who say what it is God has us for us to say, right things to the right people at the right time. We can be people who do what God has sent us to do. What are our unfinished tasks? And we can be people who live the way that God wants us to live. I was thinking in the week about this. Can you imagine the children who will be living in our community, all being well, in three, four, five generations' time? So can you imagine in the city of Kalamunda the children who will be living in our city, whatever that might look like, in 100 to 150 years' time? They don't have to be your biological descendants. Just think about the children in our community. What sort of legacy are we leaving them? What sort of legacy are we making as we live our everyday lives? You know, I'm very, very confident that we can be leaving a very good legacy, making a very good legacy, if we live our todays saying the right things to the right people at the right time. If we live our todays doing the good things that are ours to do, and if we live today out of our convictions of what makes for a good life rather than our preferences. I hope those three things are something helpful for you as you go into this week and think about the ways you can live a hope and peace-filled life, sure of the fact that we are blessed people because of God.